tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On this episode of the Eat Check, it's Eastern Conference contender time, baby. Why did I go Eastern? Why did I squeak like that? I'm here to give you my take on the four teams that I think are most likely to come out of the East. We're talking Boston. We're talking Cleveland. We're talking Philadelphia. And, of course, Milwaukee. No, Lord, forgive me. I'll even bring on Dan Favale to help me break down the East. Fava beans? Uh, no time for losers in this episode. So let's get right into it, Anthony. Drop that motherfucking beat that should be Rihanna. Chianti? Chianti? We covered the West yesterday. Came to the conclusion that the, the Nuggets are going to win the fucking whole thing. So why am I doing this? Well, we got to figure out who's coming out of the East, right? Got to ask the same question. And out West, we're swapping out the Denver Nuggets for the Boston Celtics. Can anyone beat Boston? Boston is a wagon. That wagon is driven not by Drew Holiday, not by Chris Davis Porzingis, not by Jalen I Only Go Right Brown. This is Jason Tatum's rig to drive. And Jason Tatum has been incredible. Jason regular season Tatum quietly amazingly and getting very little credit for it why because we don't trust that man he's too pretty and his postseason runs we're still holding stuff against him how good though has he been 28 9 and 6 with 2.1 stocks 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 per game yes he's playing defense on an astounding 50 35 and 86 Get your fucking three-point percentage up, Jason Tatum. Those, though, are superstar numbers, which you would expect from a guy who will very soon be getting the bag. The highest-paid player in the NBA is coming 
for Jason Tatum. The Celtics have the best record in the NBA. They are eight full games ahead of the second-place Cleveland Cavaliers out east. And they are doing this in, in very unsurprising ways. They average 121 points per game. That is fifth in the league. But did you know that they are second in the NBA in defensive rating behind the Timberwolves? who, by the way, are 20th in points per game, top five in offense, top five in defense. That's a championship run type of a statistic, right? That's what you need. Top 5D, top 5O. Pause. Top 5D gets you top 5O. Get it? You're going to do some damage with that, baby. Closer look at the stat shows Boston has the number one net rating. I'm proud of myself for that impromptu joke. Number six assisted turnover ratio. Number four rebounding percentage. Number one in rebounds. Number five in turnover percentage. Number four in effective field goal percentage. Number four in true shooting percentage. Number four in three-point percentage. Number two in blocks. I'm exhausted by all the things that the Boston Celtics do well. They are the anti-Denver Nuggets that we talked about last episode and not being in the top eight in almost any major offensive or defensive category. You could hardly find any metrics that the Celtics are not among the league leaders, except for probably coaching. Boston is also facing a favorable schedule down the stretch, which should allow them to rest their stars in the lead-up to the playoffs. They play Portland, Washington, Charlotte, and Detroit twice down the stretch. Four of the five worst teams in the NBA and some historically bad teams in NBA history. Add in two games with Atlanta. That's who just got waxed by the Brooklyn Nets. That's like having ten rest days. So, yeah, they're the presumptive favorites out east, but they're the, not the only team with a chance. There have been teams, uh, two teams that have been struggling that I think have a chance, and another team who has been a goddamn bulldozer. I am talking the bulldozer, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're 20-5. and five. In their last 25, although they have lost four of seven. I think they were 19 and one at point, one point. They have been incredibly good as of late. We thought at one point, maybe they'll just ride this whole thing out, just win every other game. They just win until win until April. Mostly this is because of their defense, right? They only trail the Celtics and the Timberwolves in defensive rating. They hold opponents under a hundred points around a third of the time. Gross games, fun for them. Over the last 30 games, that is the facts. A lot of this is because we're seeing the return of Evan Mobley, who came back a month ago. By the way, they were good without Evan Mobley, let's be honest. Uh, he came back a month ago. He's averaging 16-9-3 with two stocks per game. The Cavs are 10-1 in their last 11. Jared Allen is averaging 18-11-2 with three stocks per game during this stretch. Max Struess, who they got from Miami, they plucked him and stole him, is healthy, and he is playing very well. He scored 15 in the last quarter, including a last-second game-winning half-quarter against the Mavs. Jesus Christ, a game-winning half-quarter, 59 feet, the most meaningful half-court shot we've ever seen. The team is so deep, they'll put your ass to sleep. Sam Merrill getting DMPs, but when he's not, he's lighting things up from deep. Dean Wade... Why isn't he getting more minutes? Isaac Okoro emerging from nowhere. They've all played very well off the bench when they get playing time. J.B. Bickerstaff, how much playing time is he getting them? I don't know. Does he know? That's the question. And that means that come playoff time, the rotation won't need to be quite so tight. Meaning, Donovan, Jared Allen, Mobley, they can rest a little more than normal heading into the playoffs. Letting in, Looking at the stats, 
The Cavs are fourth in net rating, top 10 in assist ratio, assists, and rebound percentage. That's obvious, the rebound percentage uh, component, because you have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, and they're both beasts. With Donovan Mitchell running the show, when he's on, that's the key piece, when he's on, they have a legitimate bucker getter who can match up with anyone in the NBA. So, yeah, this is a team that can play defense. They have the ability to put up points. They do get cold. But when they put up points, they make them very dangerous come April and May. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The other two teams I fancy in the East might shock people who have heard me on the heat check. The first is the Philadelphia 76ers. What? I know what you're saying. MB, it's gone, Trista. This team's fucking dead. They stink. They're 7 and 17 without them. 4 and 12 in their last 16. Guess what? And guess what? And guess what? I don't care. I do not care. What I do care about is this from Tim Bontemps. Joel Embiid says he hopes to still come back this season. Said he's feeling good. No timeline for his return. Said it doesn't matter where the team is at. If he can play, he's going to play. Ooh, baby. And now that we've got Embiid himself saying that he envisions himself coming back by the end of March, I tell you what, I'm betting Embiid will be back by the end of the season. And what I'd like to see is how he plays with a guy like Buddy Heald, who opens up spacing in a way that he has not had before. Tobias Harris will emerge from the crypt because he has been god-awful without Embiid. Tyrese Maxey is a star, probably going to win most improved player. He's put up 25-5-6 in his last 10 games after he poured in 51 points, and that includes a few stinkers. Stinkers. Buddy, Buddy's been very good. Average 17-3-6 as a sixer, 42% from three. That is a game-changer for a team that was the worst in the NBA in three-point percentage before the trade deadline. They needed that Buddy Heald. By the way, Indiana needs that Buddy Heald. We'll talk about that some other time. The big question, though, is how far the Sixers will fall in the East by the time Embiid gets back. The worst-case scenario for fans of the league, probably Adam Silver, 
is if they the Sixers are a playing team and beat is healthy, and then they either get the Celtics or the Bucks or the Cavs in the first round. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants Philly in the playoffs early, especially if Embiid has had a ton of time to rest, almost an entire offseason to get into form. Joel Embiid in October is one of the scariest men's in life. Joel Embiid, October Embiid in April, oh, fuck you. Fuck your life. Add that to the fact that Nick Nurse is coaching and you can't count at least two losses directly attributed to Doc Rivers staring into the abyss and making no defensive adjustments or offensive adjustments and then blaming everyone. Danger, danger, danger. Which is funny because the other team that I like in the East, danger, 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 Trista, are the Bucks. Which is kind of funny, actually. Like, think about this. I haven't thought about this at all until just now. Deer in headlights. Fear the deer. Fear the deer in headlights, Doc Rivers. <laughs> anyway, but Trista, you've been cooking Doc Rivers all month. Yes, and he's deserved it. He's been throwing people under the bus his entire life, and he's been doing it for two straight weeks now. Even though Milwaukee was 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games of Doc Rivers' Bucks tenure, he's now put them on their back. 5-2 and two stretch, he's righted the ship, hopefully. The defensive rating under Doc is 112, which would be good for top five in the NBA. This was a team that was awful defensively, and he's taken them from the bottom of the barrel to the top of the heap. Flat-out awful under Adrian Griffin, bottom third in the league, after top five consecutive top five defenses under Bud. I think I repeated something. Don't worry about it. How has the rest of the team adjusted to Doc? Let's just say it's a work in progress. Dame has been 17-6-7 in his last seven games. Not amazing. I think he averaged 30 last year, maybe more, maybe 35, but he's averaged a plus 16.6 plus minus in those games, which really is all that matters. Win games, beat the shit out of other teams, and get in and get out. Anytime they need 40 from Dame, he can give them to him. Also, he's grabbing boards, dishing out assists like an absolute machine lately. So that's good. Giannis, 28, 11, and 6 in his last seven, which is kind of what you'd expect from Giannis. Plus seven plus minus average net rating per game in this last seven. I think I said last seven multiple times again. But it's Brooke Lopez who has been flourishing in Doc's system. 10-5-2 with three blocks and a steal in his last seven games, which, by the way, is lower than his season average, but it does not matter. His net rating during that stretch was plus 19. And the, and the plus minus before that with Adrian Griffin, I mean, he was just tanking his value. So, yeah, things are much better in Milwaukee. If they figure the offense out with Dame and Giannis meshing like we all initially expected, which has been taking some time, not he go, I go, he go, I go, and then a team like Philly or Miami knocks out Boston in the first or second round, oh boy, the Bucks are dangerous, baby. And now that they share a handicap with the Boston Celtics, coaching. To help make sense of all of this malarkey in the East, all of this ambiguity in the East, I talked to Dan Favale with a good Chianti, who covers the NBA for Bleacher Report on my other show, BetMGM Tonight, which airs 7 to 11 Eastern in most major markets and live on Twitch and YouTube and on the Odyssey app, a lot of platforms that you can find us on. I think like 85 different uh, radio stations around the country, too. I'm joined by my co-host, Nick Ashew. He gave us tons of info on what's happening out east, so let's get right into it. Dan Favale.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What should we think of this Sixers team the rest of the way leading up to the playoffs? I think you have to look at it from two angles, which the first one is, if he's going to come back, you do want to tread water, like you said, where it's not even necessarily staying in that sixth spot, but can you avoid the Boston matchup, at least until a later round? However, the second part of that, as you mentioned with the injury, he's been banged up in every single postseason that he's been played in. And so to come back from this extensive absence with this injury where you might wonder is there going to need to be any additional work done over the offseason, that's going to be in the back of your mind. And it does make you wonder a little bit if it's worth it, just given how much he has struggled yeah. in postseasons past. They're clearly better off with whatever version they could get of him, as we've seen. But if you're not even going to come back with enough time to get reacclimated, to maybe learn how to play with Buddy Heald a little bit more, which is the type of force spacer he's really never had um i do wonder how much of an impact it ends up having but if you're the sixth spot or if you can avoid the boston matchup in the first round i think it's absolutely huge of course to have joel and beat out there in terms of betting because that's you know what we think about not just the likelihood but the price too so the sixers to win the east plus 1450 how would you bet a team like the sixers if you assume that Joel Embiid is in form and healthy for the playoffs and they're in a top six spot. I, that still just doesn't seem like good enough value to me, like covering around kind of that 15 to one area, because we know what a banged up Joel Embiid looks like. And given how much, how dominant the Celtics have been this year and the Bucks are starting to look a little bit better on the defensive end and the Cavs are healthier. And if the Knicks ever get healthier, it just feels like, even with the Sixers having this version of Joel Embiid back, like if you could tell me Joel Embiid is going to come back and then just be the MVP favorite type of talent again, then yeah, this is absolutely money or value to smash. But when you look at the rest of the East, I just, like, unless that thing was going to shift into like 17, 18, 19 to 1, I would probably steer clear of it. Dan, as a Knicks fan sitting here myself, uh, I've suffered a very, very, very long time in my life. Uh, Help me feel better about this team. Help me feel like not just Jalen Brunson who's playing tonight. OG Ananobi is at least ramping back up to play. We got Julius Randle still hurt. You're hoping he's going to be back this year. Should there be any optimism still that this team gets healthy in time for the playoffs and can get back to you know where they were given how open, like you pointed out, how open the East really can be? Yeah, I think there should be optimism. I mean, the Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle stuff is the big one. Those are two guys that it would not shock me if they don't play again this year. But when you look at how OG Ananobi came over after the trade, very little practice time, and just immediately had this huge impact for them at both ends of the floor because he doesn't need to dominate the ball on offense. If you can believe that Boyan Bogdanovich is going to play 
a little bit better, and he will. You probably have enough to get by on offense if you're just getting a healthy OG, maybe an 80% of Isaiah Hartenstein who's been banged up. That's a team that, you know, I'm not going to pick them to beat Boston. I don't know if I'd pick them to beat Milwaukee, but they could win any given seven-game series, I think, in the Eastern Conference right now. It's just a matter of getting enough bodies back. And specifically for me, it's Hartenstein and OG, and it does look like those are two guys that, barring catastrophe, should be available for them by the time the playoffs start. When you look at the Bucks, because obviously it's been a disaster, Dan, up until really the last, like, week and a half, right? You look at what this team has done with Doc Rivers in their first 10 games, 3-7 and seven, straight up. But defensive rating and the reason that they hired Doc was to fix the defense, top five defensive rating since the All-Star break. Getting some quality wins. The offense feels like it's clicking a little bit more. How sustainable do you think this Bucks play is defensively and offensively when we start to see a setting like the playoffs where everything's a little bit more condensed? I think the defense is absolutely sustainable because you're looking at some of the stuff they've cleaned up as low-hanging fruit, and it's not necessarily a talent issue that they were that they're dealing with in that perspective. The offense is weird because we've seen, you know flickers and glimpses into what they could be when Damian Lillard and Giannis Tentacumbo feel like they're playing together and, and coalescing, but it too often feels like they're playing separately still to me, at least. And we've seen Dame have these uncharacteristic peaks and valleys when it comes to his own shot making. And so you can just bet on him progressing to his norm, but that's something at this point that concerns me a little bit more than um, can the defense sustain because the whole point of bringing in Dame was to playoff proof your offense. And just based off what I've seen with the Bucks, even since the Doc Rivers hire, I don't know that you can say they've done that just yet. With Doc Rivers, because we know what he his rap is on him, right? It's like blown 3-1 leads, like maybe not getting the best out of his players. Even, you know, Tom Thibodeau is has been seen as the reason why he got that championship with Boston. How do you factor in the Doc Rivers element of this considering, you know, how what their upside could actually be? I honestly don't know how to price it in. I think at the end of the day, Doc is probably a better coach than people credit him for. I really think where he has an overinflated track record is when you talk about managing superstar egos or these finished products. Everywhere he's been, with the exception of Milwaukee so far, there's been these weird behind-the-scenes locker room stuff. When you look at both iterations of the the Clippers, both iterations of the of the Sixers most recently, it doesn't seem like he'll have to deal with that in Milwaukee, at least immediately, maybe if they flame out in the playoffs. I think when it comes to pulling some different levers on the defensive end, he is absolutely a coach that can do that for them. And we've seen him do a little bit of it where the Bucks have played more aggressively. Is he the coach that's going to be creative enough offensively to tap in um, to their full ceiling? I honestly don't know. And even that, to me, I don't view him as a huge factor. It, to me, it's more like, is Damian Lillard going to be nuclear? Is he going to be able to hit those off-the-dribble jumpers? Because the driving game has been there. It's those off-the-dribble jumpers that have been all over the place. And that's arguably maybe the one, the most important shot in basketball when it comes down to to the playoffs when you look at the level of defenses you'll be facing. How real, Dan, are the Cavs to you? Because they're sitting there at the two spot, and I feel like no one's really talking about them. Is that is the reason why? Because it's just not a sexy market or because they flamed out in the first round against the Knicks? Like, for you, what is it that we should be thinking? How should we be thinking about the Cavs? I do think a lot of people have last year's postseason in the back of their mind, which is pretty fair given the way it ended. I think this Cavs team is a lot better. They play with more pace on the offensive end, even in the half court. The bigger issue for me is they still have some front court warts to figure out when it comes to 
Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, even George Niang. You, you know, should Dean Wade be playing more minutes over him? Should you make sure Sam Merrill's on the court over him? And it feels like J.B. Bickerstaff is sometimes married to guys a little bit too long, but we've also seen him close some games without Evan Mobley and roll with Jared Allen. And so that front court awkwardness, I think, accounts for maybe why so many people are skeptical. And I honestly do think it's fair um, because we've seen them lose some winnable games down the stretch of late and even like that near miss against the Mavericks where they should have lost lost if it wasn't for Max Drews's heroics I, that, that word I would use is just awkwardness where it feels like they're still figuring out some stuff about themselves and I don't know if they'll do it by the postseason but sort of hammering out that frontline rotation the three four five and knowing what combinations you can turn to when it matters most I think that's going to wind up being the sticking point for them Dan if all things are cons- like all things considered and everyone's healthy. Who is the second best team in the conference to you? Because Miami, it feels like every year they struggle in the regular season. We count them out. And then when it's winning time, they figure out a way to slay everyone. They've beaten the Celtics in multiple multiple postseasons, Sixers in multiple postseasons, Bucks in multiple postseasons. For you, are they the second best? And, and if not, what do you think holds them back? I can't bring myself to say they're their second best team just because all the things I've seen, all the data points tell me that they are not. But there's that. It's not even illogical because they've proven it now. They're playing better lately. I think the offense still has a house of cards feel to it, where it's even with Jimmy Butler coming on, even with Bam Adebayo being more aggressive, we have not seen enough of Terry Rozier mixed in with everybody. They don't even know who they're going to start, I think, when they're at full strength, when the games really start to matter. Their, their offense just feels like it's one, not just a shot creator, but like you know, a nine or 10 on a scale of one to 10 level shot creator, because even Jimmy Butler doesn't give you that perimeter level element of scoring on, on most nights, he's going to be more from the outside in and to miss that player. You're not going to get that from Terry Rozier. You're not going to get enough of it from Tyler hero. So I would still pick Milwaukee or Cleveland over them. But when you see how the Knicks have started to play with their injuries, the Sixers injuries, the Pacers and the magic being what they are and how Miami started to perk up and given their track record in previous years, it's, could they be like the third or fourth team and settle into that spot? Yes, but to go for number two right now, just I don't trust the offense nearly enough to slot them there. Dan, got about less than a minute here. Real quick, we got the uh, Wemby-Chet matchup again tonight. Is there any way the Chet Holmgren, barring injury to Wemby, can catch up and win Rookie of the Year over Victor Wembanyama, Chet Holmgren, I mean? I By the odds makers, probably not. Um, but when you look at yeah. the voters, I could see them pricing in how hot he was at the beginning of the season, how cold Wemby was. But given the things Wemby has done since the Spurs have basically made him a center, um, that award is just his to lose, and I really just don't see him loosening his grip on it. It's going to be a fun one tonight. Oh, I cannot wait for this game tonight. Dan Favalli, Bleacher Report. Great to have you on again, man. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me. Take care. That's all the time that we have for this episode of the Heat Check. Come back Monday with an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes and Many episodes which drop unexpectedly like the receipt from your Lowe's purchase that you need to return and never to be found again except for then your mom calls the manager of the Lowe's who's not really a manager. He's just the customer service agent. And then he emails it to you. Wow! Technology. Do not forget to follow the heat check all season long. That means download. That means subscribe. That means tell all your friends. All of them. Even that guy at Lowe's who tells you in a haughty tone that no. The guy that you talk to on the phone, not the manager. He only works at customer service, and he's wearing a mask. Tell him, yo, don't you slander David. He helped me exchange my wrong size security door for the right size one, and it's still on clearance. 
And by the way, Trista Crick has a podcast called The Heat Check, and it's lit. Listen to it. Oh, yeah. Do not forget to follow us on at This Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll see you next time.